Today, I'm welcoming Megan Otto. She's a chief wild officer who focuses on creative direction and brand strategy, and she helps her clients become unforgettable in line. Oh, and something else about Megan is she likes to get a little bit sweary. <laughs> so before Megan tells us about herself, I'm going to channel some big Megan Otto energy here and ask, does thinking about what to write on Instagram have you either A, wanting to throw up a middle finger, B, ignore your own stuff and get lost in the scroll hole. Or C, cringe because you wrote something that's okay, but it doesn't really capture what you think. Then keep listening because Megan is here today to talk about how to find and express your viewpoints on Instagram so you can stand out, call in your dream clients, and get people ready to devour your next offer. You're listening to the Launch Playbook Podcast, the weekly podcast for service-based business owners to discover the starts, stops, and tools of transformation that go into launching their online offers. I'm your host, Sarah Vartanian, and if you want to launch your ideas into the world faster with more success and less burnout, well, friend, consider this show your secret playbook to get you there. Hey, Megan, thanks for joining us. Hi, Sarah. I love that little intro. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so thrilled you're here. I cannot wait to talk about this because I've already been working with you on all of this and we're going to get into that soon. But before we do, first go ahead and tell us all about you and your business. Okay. Yes. So I uh, go by the chief wild officer. So basically I help women entrepreneurs infuse more of their unique blend of their wild selves in every area of their online brand. So I believe that when women can get really clear on what makes them different, what sets them apart and really own their, what, you know, what makes them different and infuse it into their offers, into their online brand experience. That is when the magic happens. And that is when they become set apart from everyone else. So I work with my clients in helping them with from, from full on brand transformations to the visuals to planning out photo shoots. And yes, I absolutely love helping my clients with social media and showing up on Instagram because it is a very powerful powerful tool for service-based entrepreneurs. Amazing. And how did you get started or how did you decide to start focusing, let's say, on this brand strategy piece and help people share their viewpoints? What made you choose that against all the other, I guess, areas that you could focus on with copywriting and uh, brand strategy? Mm, that is a good question. A couple of years ago, I I had no clue what I wanted to do other than I wanted to have freedom. I wanted to have an amazing you know, dream life and do all these kinds of things. And so there was a lot of soul searching. There was definitely a lot of Google searching. And I started off <laughs> in the copywriting uh, space. And I really was drawn to communicating messages. I'm fascinated by how people communicate, how, you know, words can just change so many things about how we feel about ideas and how we relate to things. And so I started doing copywriting and then I went down the rabbit hole a little bit and I really loved the strategy side of, of copywriting and really the foundation that everything is built off of. So I kind of pivoted to doing uh, brand strategy and creative direction kind of work. And that was, that just like, was amazing to me. And I absolutely fell in love with all of that. And then as I went down that trail a little bit more, I realized for myself, it made me like reflect on myself and how much I wanted to, or I guess I was holding back in myself from like being my myself online. I was like, oh my God, I'm being this brand strategist. And I kind of feel like I'm holding back parts of myself and I'm helping my clients like get clear on themselves. But I realized how powerful it is 
to really not hold back and really let all of yourself show up in your online brand experience and not being inside this box. And so once I really leaned into that for myself, as I was helping my clients do that, it just that is the thing that lights me up the most is helping women really get clear on who they are, what their viewpoints are, and unleashing it in all parts of their online brand experience. And I really believe once you can let that part of you show up online, it does change everything for yourself, the confidence you get and the business. It really, it really does transform your business. I love that. And I was thinking as you're as you're speaking here, even just in the time I've known you, so I've known you for almost a year now, that when I first met you and I went to your website and I checked it out, I was like really drawn into your photos and the way you wrote and you know, just like the way you infuse your personality in with like the you know, the fun photos, the chocolate cake, things like that. But I've even noticed as you're saying like over the past year that your yeah, your brand was involved even more to become mm-hmm. like talking about like this wild self and, and even like some of the swears and things like that. But I really love how when I look at your brand and like your messaging that I see that evolution and it inspires me and made it feel more possible for me, I know, to do more of the same, like how I can bring more of my whole self into mm-hmm. my own branding and my own viewpoints and like not to hold that back. So I love that you're leading that way. Thank you. Oh, thank you for saying that. And that is something that I was, yeah, it, it, you, you know, you kind of, when you know inside, if you're holding back, you can kind of feel it within you. And it's like, there was this feeling within me and it's like, I'm, I'm putting myself out there, but I know that there is more, you know, to let through. And so thank you for that feedback because it, it does feel really good to know that I can inspire women to do more of that for themselves. I was like that is what lights me up like nothing else. Yeah. Why do you think people do hold back? I, you know, I know I'm veering off a little bit here, but I think it's it's important, right? Because we we do do that. And I know I find like when I work with people on their copy, oftentimes they're like over professionalizing it, right? Like the way that they're speaking, they're kind of writing how they were taught in school or they're they're really feeling they have to be this certain person, a certain persona in order to be like, I'm a very professional business worker. And you know, like once we start relaxing that and you know, changing some of the rules depending on who of course they want to work with and speak to, it just becomes like they get they light up, people get called in more is what I think, but like what do you think why why do they why do we do that to ourselves? That is such a fascinating question. It one it's one that I could talk on and on about. And I think you hit on several points. I think it's, uh, I think it's a multi-layered question with multi-layered answers. And uh, I think part of it is just traditionally the business world has been very buttoned up and professional. And so there's just a lot of that infused into our understanding, but how we come to the business world, right? As we're starting out as entrepreneurs, we want to be really professional. And so we try really, really hard to be taken seriously. And so we're afraid to be too casual, right? Be let our personality show too much for being afraid that, you know, we're not going to be taken seriously. So there's that part of like the quote unquote buttoned up professional world that plays into it. And then it's also scary to be yourself and be judged for being yourself, right? Just from not even a business standpoint as human beings, when we meet somebody for the first time, we always show up with layers and filters on. We're never, usually, we're never just like our full on selves. Like when we're at home, when nobody's around and we're just chilling, we're living our best life. That's usually not what we bring to the table when we meet someone for the first time because we don't know what they're going to think. So it's kind of like this, almost like a defense mechanism or protecting ourselves. And so there's that layered on top of all of the professionalism. And so we we're very, usually very guarded and we try and really control how people think about us. But what ends up happening is we do show up as this very like boxed in filtered version of ourselves, which can work and we can build businesses off of that. But that's 
you know, not the best way to go about it for multiple reasons. But yeah, I think it's, it comes down to those, those kinds of reasons where we just, we were afraid of being judged. And the third thing I would say is that we are so close to ourselves that it's really hard to get that objective, you know, how people see us. And we're not, we're not always sure how we're coming across, right? We might think that we're being really open. We might think that we're coming across one way. When the person on the other side of the screen is getting a whole different, you know, experience of us. So there's those kind of three main things I would say that come into play. I love that the way you explain that. And I think I'm going to jump onto that last point a little bit is that I, th- I think that when like we don't always recognize like our own brilliance, right? Our own genius. We think like, Oh, it's just like, it's so easy for me or I just know that and it's not a big deal. But when someone can like reflect it back to us or, or, or can be that person, which you know, you were for me in our session again, we'll talk about that in a bit, but. How when you know you hold up that mirror to the viewpoint, you're like, oh, I do say those things, and like those are smart. <laughs> I need to share more of those. That we don't just discount that, or and realize that people like do want to hear that, and they come to us for that. But it's hard to find that, you know, recognize that for ourselves. And I know, you know, a few iterations of my business ago, I used to write social media strategy, and that's one of the things we would do at the end of it was actually talk about having responses ready for when people, if they did judge you or write something negative because there was that fear. Like, what if I say this and people get pissed off? <laughs> like, how am I supposed to respond? So we'd actually have like a couple, a couple responses just ready to go for when something would happen. Cause like, if you are sharing your viewpoint, it's going to happen. You know, mm-hmm. at some point or other, someone's going to respond back or push back a little bit. It might not be like super mean about you, but it, it might make you, you know, feel a little uncomfortable, aggressive. So like, I think having some of those things ready to go might help. I don't know. What do you think about that? Yeah, that's another one. And, and that it is. It's, it's that fear of being judged and Mm -hmm. people just being like, oh my God, you're crazy. So that is, that's a lot there. I think there's a lot of like inner mindset work that just like has to, you just have to face as a business owner, right? To put yourself out there. It's scary to do that because, you know, you could fail. People can judge you. People can think you're too much. You can be afraid of being canceled. Like all of the things can come up. And so Mm -hmm. I think that for all of us, like we have to like, deal with that. Like I know for me, like there's always things that I have to deal with as a business owner for putting myself out there. It's it's not the quote unquote easy path always. And so specifically if you're sharing your viewpoints on social media, like I think it's just you have to be really aware. I always say like being intentional is just is so important for for us as business owners. And so like being intentional and being like, okay, I'm gonna put this out there. If this happens, how am I going what am I going to feel about it? Like, and just like, you're like kind of like having that plan of attack for yourself. It's not a, like, I think it's smart to have like, like you're saying, like think through what to say to people, but also like think for yourself, like what are you going to, how are you going to react? How are you going to feel and think through that before you do something? Because once you put it out there, it's out there. But I think that like taking that preventative maintenance and really thinking through like, can I handle the worst case scenario of this, you know, whatever harsh feedback could come from it and just trying to prepare for it and sitting with it before, you know, starting to put yourself out there. And so that's perfect to go into the next question I had for you. So you talk on your website about standing out like a flamingo in a sea of zebras. That means putting our viewpoints out there, right? It's part of that. So how can we start doing that? And why is it so important? Why is it worth, let's say, this risk that we've been talking about? Yes. Love this question. Love this topic so much. So Our viewpoints are what distinguishes us, right? They're part of us. So we have the core essence of us, right, is is what sets us apart from everybody else. And how we express that is 
One of the ways is through our viewpoints. And so if we're not sharing what we actually truly believe as bold, opinionated viewpoints, we are, we're losing out on the ability and the chance to start being leaders, start growing a community. Because if you want to grow a community, you have to give your people something to latch onto, right? So if you're not sharing anything noteworthy or quote unquote controversial, nobody's ever going to be able to latch onto anything. If you're just like sharing like, you know, safe facts or like tips and tricks for your business, that's great, but it's not going to set you apart and make people look up to you and really consider and ponder what you're saying, right? So viewpoints are one of the best ways to distinguish yourself and make uh make a name for yourself, right? And so how can we how can we start doing that? So I guess on the when it boils down to it, it's really just getting clear and reflecting on what you really believe. And I think the biggest thing with this is really just be the ability to tune out everything out there and really just be okay with owning what you believe because there's always going to be that voice in there that's like either like, oh, it's already been said before or, oh, who am I to say this? Or, oh, I don't have enough experience to back this up, right? Those things are always going to be there. But I will just say this on the front end, like literally every single guru out there, there's another guru out there that contradicts what, you know, the first one says, right? Everything on the internet is debated. So you might as well go out there and say what you're going to say because there's, there's no reason not to, but it, it really comes down to just being okay with being uncomfortable at first and just tuning out, tuning out the noise and going inwards instead of outwards. I love that you said that. And I think as you were talking about people need something to latch on to, I think often about like the businesses who sort of the ones like even like I'd aspire to be, right? Like I, there's like, we're, you know, we're at a, there's, I think you can get to like a certain level. Maybe you're saying without like having like those few points, you've been like, you're doing good work and doesn't, and you know, you're doing good work and people hear about you. But then I feel like there's like this something that happens with like the scaling, like the, something like this rocket feeling or skyrocketing when you start having these viewpoints. That's when you start like building that community and really people getting to know you. And I feel like the, your business trajectory really changes once that happens. I completely agree. And that's a really good point. I'm glad you said that. If you look at every single, you know, thought leader, guru, whatever you want to call them, you can bet anything. They all have strong, unapologetic viewpoints. So when I say unapologetic, that doesn't mean that they, I'm sure that they still have times when they struggle with saying stuff. We're all humans, but they do it anyways, because they actually, they truly do believe what they're saying, but they all do. And it does, it changes the trajectory of your business and how people view them. Hugely important. Recently, I worked with you on an Instagram brand magic session where you started off helping me identify my viewpoints. And before we get into why we did that, tell me first, what do you see a lot of business owners doing on IG these days in terms of their captions? There is a lot of people wanting to give value, 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 right? Like their whatever their niche, whatever business that they have. And so they focus a lot on the value part and like educating with tips and tricks, which isn't bad. Like I don't, I don't disagree with doing that. There's ways to do it really well and really effectively. But I think that that's something that I see a lot of is people are always trying to educate. And the other thing, there's a lot of upfront selling that goes on, which I have viewpoints on that too. Tell me your viewpoint in selling. Okay. So my, I guess I'll back it up with, I think your viewpoints, you should lead with your viewpoints in business. And so this is just what you think. So as business owners, we, if we want 
want to distinguish ourselves, we have to be willing to share our thoughts on a lot of different things. And if you, again, going back to examples of, you know, thought leaders, if you look at them, whatever their money making generation, you know, offers are, they're talking about shit that's way outside of that. They are like, this is how you do business. This is how you do life. This is how you scale your business. This is how you time management, right? They're talking about all of it. And as human beings, we are dynamic, amazing human beings with so much insight that we all bring to the table. And if we're just diminishing our insight and, you know, opinions to this one little sliver and slice, that is just limiting ourselves to how people can connect with us and latch on to us. So the first thing is you really want to open up and not just be selling all the time because that gets old, right? Nobody really likes to be sold or educated, but everybody likes to be entertained. And, you know, these viewpoints can be polarizing and in a way entertaining, right? It's interesting to see what people think about. The opposite of selling all the time is that you should be just sharing your viewpoints. That's what people connect with. It's easy to comment on somebody's viewpoint, but if somebody's selling all the time, like it's not as easy to engage with that, right? So I'm not saying that you shouldn't. I think that you should. Absolutely. I think that you should also absolutely educate your audience on what your offers are. But you should also sprinkle in really great stories, A, as you're selling them. And B, you do lead with your viewpoints because that is what people latch on to. That is what people can have an opinion on. And that is what is most interesting to people. So that's kind of what I think about that. I like how you went into, I like how you came back and told us it's okay to sell, but that we need to, you know, there's a place for it essentially. And that's something you brought up around that there's a lot of like that how-to type of content. And I come across that when I'm like writing with my clients as well. There's that natural tendency to just like want to teach or give a strategy. And I'm always trying to pull back, say like, let's like talk more about that, that shifting perspectives. Like, what do we need people to start like understanding or believing around this topic as opposed to just like like more stuff how to do? Because we all have a lot of stuff to do. Just kind of show me why it matters. And I think it sounds like you're saying that like that's good. We're on the right track with that, with sharing those viewpoints and talking. So let's jump into what makes an Instagram post effective? Like are there certain parts that you see that they all should have, ones that really pop? Tell us about that. Yes. Okay. So my favorite way to explain like the best kind of Instagram post is to think of it like you're giving a present to your best friend. Okay. So if your best friend has a special event coming up, maybe it's their birthday or something, you're giving them a present, you're going to go pick something out for them, right? It's going to be really awesome. You're going to make it about them. There's going to be like perfectly customized to your best friend, but you're not just going to give it to them most likely as the whatever it is, you're going to wrap it up, right? So you have this gift and you wrap it up. And that's the first thing, right? When you're getting a present and you see it coming and it's all wrapped up, it's exciting, right? It entices you in. If you saw something on a table that's unwrapped versus wrapped, like you're going to gravitate more towards the present that looks all pretty and thoughtful and exciting, right? So that's how I like to think about Instagram posts. So you want to, you want to have a great gift, which is the content itself, right? But how do you get people enticed and excited about it? And that is the wrapping paper. That's how you wrap it up and package it, which is the headline and then either the graphic or the image that goes with it. So. That's the simplest way. Think about you're giving a gift to people. So let's talk about like the actual present itself first. So yes, you want to have it, you want to make it entertaining and memorable. So maybe we can talk about this in a minute. But so I either say you have a sexy story that you're wrapping up, you're educating or selling topics into, or you're leading with these voracious viewpoints, right? You make it memorable, you make it entertaining. Headlines are just so critical because on Instagram, you're not going to actually read and click into anything unless something makes you do it, right? So having a really enticing, short, 
snappy headline that creates this open loop, hooks you in, is super important, as well as the image. The more that you can match the headline to the image, I call this the brand magic effect when you match them together and they're both communicating the same feeling, super powerful, as well as having great quotables or graphics. Those are great for Instagram as well. If it's a really great text quote that you can just make a graphic. But that is the short, quick, easy version of how to make great Instagram posts. Can you tell the listeners a little bit more about what you mean by open loop headline, what that is? Yes, good question. So the open loop headline is where you start telling, you're leading into something that comes next. So that an example of this could be like, oh my God, today I saw dot, 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 and that's all it is. So they're like, if you read that, you're like, what did you see? You don't tell them, you start to get them excited about what is coming next, but you don't actually give them everything. So it's kind of like enticing somebody. And so open loops are super powerful because as human beings, we're naturally curious and you want to know more. So it's all about leading them to click in. And are there any other types of headlines? Like how how can we, how else can we think about writing headlines? You're saying there's the open loop. Is there any other sort of types of like, let's say formulas or things that people can think about when they're writing one? Yeah. I like to say, keep your headline, like make it as short as possible. If you can condense what you're saying into like a couple of words, that's that's the goal that you're going for. So short, snappy, and I like to make it as polarizing as possible. So I like clickbait as uh, a way to think about it. So clickbait gets a bad rap because what comes after it is false and misleading, right? That's obviously shitty. You shouldn't be misleading your audience ever. But clickbait in and of itself is just great marketing, right? If you get somebody to click, that means you're doing a good job because you're wanting them to see what you're talking about. So how can you make your headlines exciting and clickable? So don't try and just like have a paragraph, like your first paragraph should never be like the start of your caption or your headline. It should be something that stands alone and is it literally stands alone from the rest of your text, but it's it leads into the full caption. Perfect. Okay, so let's jump back to the session I booked with you in February. It was an IG brand magic session. And I remember when you gave me the homework, identify my viewpoints, I felt pretty stuck at first. I sent you an email like, uh, I think I need more time. And so I wasn't sure like, what do I even say? You know, do I even have viewpoints? Like, if I want to share them? And although I knew I had them, I think there was that, there was that introvert side of me was like, I'm uncomfortable here, basically putting myself out there. And so it's the same thing I see when I'm working uh, on copy with my clients that I already mentioned. And it's much easier for me to reflect back to them, the viewpoints. And so I want to know, like, why do you think people maybe have difficulty identifying their own viewpoints? Yes, this is such a great question because it does affect everyone equally when we're trying to reflect inwards because it kind of is that whole thing with like, we're so close to ourselves. We don't we like suddenly forget that we're these brilliant, magnificent human beings that has, you know, an, an amazing, any amazing thoughts at all to put out. And we put pressure on ourselves, right? To, to like say it perfectly, say really good things. We are afraid also of what other people are thinking about us. And so there's all these little things going on in the background. A lot of times they're kind of like subconsciously. We're not even like fully like articulating them that to ourselves. And we're just kind of like, it just makes things all muddled up and confusing. But I think that's, that's what it is. It's just, it's hard. And again, it's just, it's so hard to get that clarity on ourselves because we are so close to ourselves. That's why I love when you have somebody else that can hold that mirror up for you and like help reflect back out. It just, it's amazing. Then you see like, oh my God, like I have 
I'm like, I'm just this amazing and brilliant human being. And it, it is so helpful and powerful to start that process. Can you tell us a little bit more about how we can start to nail our viewpoints down on our own? Maybe even thinking back to some of the process that you had me do, if you want to explain that or can you break it down a little bit for us? Yes, absolutely. My favorite thing to do is to have a couple of journal prompts and to just brainstorm. I'm a huge advocate of journaling and brainstorming, setting aside like, I don't know, it doesn't have to be crazy long. It can be 20, 30 minutes. And then having a couple of journal prompts, which I do have a freebie that everybody can go through with these journal prompts that are awesome for helping you get your viewpoints flushed out. But it is, it's about being intentional and it forces you. There's these questions that you ask yourself, like, what do you think about this? What in my industry needs to change? You know, what do I believe about X, right? And so you ask yourself these questions and you'll be amazed when you start to be intentional and you have this pocket of time that you have to brainstorm in and you just like let the pressure off. You just flow and you don't edit yourself. And that's the best way to start being intentional. And you'll start to get these things on paper and you'll be like, oh, wow, like I do have some pretty cool opinions about this stuff. But that's definitely the best place that I recommend starting. I really love that. Are there anything else that we can do? Like any other things like like looking through our content or onboarding forms or anything or any other places that we can sort of dig into if, if we're like staring at that journal and feeling blank? Like, where can we go for some more inspiration? Another idea that you can do is you can have a friend be like, hey, can you just ask me like some questions too? Like, just be like, ask me what I think about, you know, you can even have these like these couple journal prompts or whatever and have them ask them to you because talking about things out loud and somebody and getting feedback from another person is a really great way to get insight about what you believe, right? So that's a good thing that you can do. It doesn't even have to be like a business friend. You can just have like anybody. It's just like a human being like in that space. It just really helps. Go back and look at past content, see the opinions that you had, look at past emails and just let it like try and like shut out the noise, shut out what other people are doing and just like really start getting deeper into why you believe that. Like just ask yourself why. (laughs) That's pretty much the best question you can ever ask yourself. Just keep asking why, 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 right? And just keep drilling deeper and deeper into what you actually believe about the things that you've posted before and start questioning it. And that should give you some more insight. Yeah, I really found that in our session that was so helpful. Like I went through those journal prompts and some of them I answered more than others. But then during our time together, you really like pushed me in a gentle but good way. <laughs> gentle but like let's do it type of way <laughs> to get down to those viewpoints. And I think when I when I reflected back on them afterwards, there were things that like definitely I had like kept in my head that I think that I probably shared with clients in conversations or or come out in like copywriter or things I'm doing, but I wasn't expressing like even just talking about my opinions on like payment plans and launching, right? Or I think I had some other ones around false scarcity or like why listening is so important and and just like you know there's several other ones as well but it was so great having that time with you because I don't think I would have like listed them out so much before and now that I have them like not only can I use them for Instagram but also like podcasts or other content or like even thinking it's actually helped me looking at creating the framework and like tightening up my framework for my the way I do things as well so I think these viewpoints when you come up with them, they can be used for so much. And there's something about having them too, where you're like, when you can look at them and for myself, at least I like look at the, the list we came up with and I'm like, yeah, like I know stuff. <laughs> like, and even though I know that I did, like I've been you know, doing this for a long time, I have lots of proof. Sometimes seeing it on paper 
and like really looking at these opinions and these things that you do, like it really just like solidifies for you. It anchors it, I think. And that was a really powerful takeaway from our time together that I didn't expect. Yes, Sarah, what you're saying. Yes, that's it. Like having, you know, we, we do discredit ourselves or we don't give ourselves enough credit. And the confidence that comes from seeing everything crystal clear on paper is like, wow, I do know stuff. And like, it does. Like everything that we're saying, like you have so many amazing viewpoints and it just, it makes me so excited for you to be expressing them and talking about them. And yes, you can use them in your podcast. You can use them in emails and all these things because again, that's what sets you apart, right? Are these amazing viewpoints and they should be expressed across your brand experience. And I even found it like recently I was doing some, you know, pitching myself to podcasts and even like speaking in other groups. And again, having those viewpoints, I'm like, it's so much easier. Like, oh, this would be like a perfect topic for this. Like I can talk about this <laughs> or, or like weaving those things into presentations are so much more powerful. And I have noticed that that is exactly when I'm, let's say I just recently did a presentation in someone's mastermind around like irresistible sales pages. And some of those viewpoints that I shared within that, like embedded in there, that's what people latch onto. Those those are the questions that they're DMing me about afterwards. Those are the ones that are like, hold up, pause. Like, let's talk about that. Because they were beyond the how-to, right? They were very specific to me and I was struggling with them. And it's just, it's really illuminating and it's a really good reminder about like why we need to nail those down. Yes. I, for everything you just said, I completely agree with. <laughs> if we were live, we could high five. <laughs> yes, virtual high five. Of course, if it wasn't like pandemic because we also can't touch so <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by the Launch Playbook Club. It's a place for service-based business owners who want to launch a course, membership, or a group offer, and are tired of trying to figure out all on their own. With weekly copy critiques and strategy calls for personal feedback, access to tech roadblock busting Q&A sessions, monthly training around six-figure launch strategies, and templates for all your launch copy needs, the Launch Playbook Club is your roadmap to accelerate the success of your next launch without burning out. Become a member of the Launch Playbook Club at www.sarahvartanian.com slash launch dash playbook. So once we have these viewpoints, how can we share them with folks without feeling like we're being all like shouty or preaching or does that even matter? Tell us. Okay, great question. Some people might get mad at me for saying this, but you gotta be preachy with your viewpoints. Now, you don't have to be obnoxious with your viewpoints, but viewpoints by themselves are controversial. They are what you believe because that's what you believe, right? There's not like you have this like manifesto backing up like scientific data, da 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 da, right? Like these are your personal viewpoints. Like yes, you have reasons why you believe them, but you don't have to explain yourself to everyone, right? Your viewpoints stand alone. And so that feels scary, right? Because when you're educating somebody or you're sharing tips and tricks, that's more like backed up by you know, methods, usually things that we've learned, personal experience or whatever. Viewpoints are a little bit different. They're a little bit in a different category. There's not this safety net of having like things backed up. So I do say, I do recommend, you know, being reflect on what you think you can or cannot handle. Like if you put something out there that's super controversial and you know that it might cause like this huge, you know, backlash or whiplash, you have to be prepared for what that can do to you. So don't do things that you are extremely uncomfortable with. I think that 
good viewpoints, like anything in business, anything we do in life, you know, there's things that are absolutely going to make us uncomfortable. And that doesn't mean we shouldn't let that stop us, right? We should do things that are uncomfortable within reason. So yes, viewpoints are probably going to make you a little bit uncomfortable. It's I totally go through that. But every single time I do, like you were saying, Sarah, it's the people, that's what they latch on to. That's what people talk to me about. And so it is a practice as well. And that's something that I think I know have, I have to remind myself with as well is that we can practice this stuff. It doesn't have to, it's not wrong if it feels uncomfortable right away. That doesn't mean we're doing it wrong. It actually will get easier the more you do it. But sometimes you have to go through that uncomfortable growing pains phase. But again, you know, listen to yourself, trust your intuition and know the difference between like the whiplash that you can handle and can't handle. And (laughs) I will say this, that this is me to all of you. If you have viewpoints, I support you saying them. I think that you should say them. I think that it's okay to get on your soapbox. If that's really what you believe, you got to let it out. And I'm, I'm cheering you on. So what if, okay, so we, let's say we have a viewpoint today and we put it out there and then, you know, we learn something different. So I would think about a lot of what's been happening in, you know, the past six or seven months. Lots of people have been focusing on unlearning, you know, racist behaviors, like, and also like re-looking, I know as a copywriter, I'm looking at language a lot, right? Like, how am I using language? Are, is like, are the, can we build in these equity pieces? Like, is this language hurting people? So there's lots of unlearning taking place across all of our industries and personally in our lives. So what if we share something today? And it doesn't have to be related to like, you know, inclusion and, and racism and anti-racism and all that. But Still, like, that's what's coming to mind right now, what's been happening a lot. But like, what if we share something today? And then in six months, we learn or believe something different. What happens? Can our viewpoints change that? Like, how does that make us look? Tell me what you think about that. Oh, my God, Sarah, this is such a good question. I'm so glad you asked this, because this is actually something I do believe we all get in our own way with. It's like, oh, yes, that hits the nail on the head. If I change my mind, does that make me a fraud? Does that make me look dumb? Are people not going to take me seriously? So glad you asked this. Okay. So a couple of things. Number one, as human beings, we're always going to be evolving, right? Five years from now, you are going to have so much more knowledge, so much more life experience that you should be evolved. You should have new insights to share, right? And so a lot of times what that looks like is it's an evolution of what you already believe. So it's not like it it necessarily is like radically shifted, but like maybe you have more insight now that you can be sharing, you know, five months, five years from now, and that's fine. So I think it's the first thing is to remember, like as human beings, it's good to evolve. We should shift and change. Growth is good. That's the first thing. The second thing is if you find that you have this viewpoint that you've been preaching about or whatever, and then you suddenly, for whatever reason, you have this new epiphany, this new insight, and you find that it's changed, I would say just like accept yourself and be like, okay, great. That's good. I'm glad, you know, that's happened. Try and like put it in that lens and know that A, if you hadn't, if you had just been living in fear and not putting out any viewpoints at all for fear of this happening, what are you doing to yourself? You never, you know, you might never have this happen or it could happen. But if you're holding back out of fear, all you're doing is universally holding yourself back. If you do have these viewpoints that do come up, I I do believe it's going to actually like shift you and grow you and change you even more to go through something like this. Even though it seems like scary now to say that, that's what's going to happen, but it's okay. And you can say and use it as a teaching experience with your audience and be like, hey, this is what I learned. This is why I think something differently. And the right people are going to respect you even more for that. 
And that's what I believe about that. Now, I know it's easier said than done to say all of these things, but just remember, if you're holding yourself back for fear of, let's say you have, you know, a hundred viewpoints and five of them you have to recount on, think about, you know, if you held all of those back, like that's just, that doesn't make sense to do that. You know, as you were saying about taking your audience on that journey with you, like sharing like, hey, you know, this is what I used to believe, but actually now I believe this because I think it is so powerful. And I know like when I'm following, like we talked about like those other thought leaders and experts and think people that I look up to, I, I respect them for that. You know, it's like, I respect them one for actually being willing to get uncomfortable and kind of messy in front of me or in front of like me, the world, because I know that's like brave, right? And a little scary. So I respect the heck out of that. But also, like, I appreciate that they are then now challenging me to rethink about something as well. And so often, sometimes, like, I'll also, you know, come along on that viewpoint. I might go read something else about it, or at least, even if I don't, you know, it takes me a while to like buy into it, or even if I don't agree, like, they've given me another way to look at it, which I think is just. I, I love like having, you know, different perspectives. I think that it like makes life so interesting, but also it helps us learn, right? Like it helps us mm-hmm. be willing to move along. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I think our audiences will feel the same too. Most yeah. of them, a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you talk, you know, we, we've talked a lot about the viewpoints and that you have this sort of neat formula com- for combining viewpoints with stories. I mean, stories are an important part also of sharing things on Instagram and online. So can we talk about the role stories play and how we can work them in with our viewpoints? Yes, absolutely. So when it comes to your content that you're putting out, I really think that you only have to have these two main buckets. You can have these, what I like to call sexy stories, and then your voracious viewpoints. So when you are educating and selling your audience things, which you should be doing, I'm totally not saying that you shouldn't. I think that obviously leading with your viewpoints is smart. But when you are educating and selling to your audience, if you're just doing that as a standalone method of doing it, it's going to be harder to get people interested and engaged. So you bring a story into it, which let me just raise my hand virtually here and say, like, I didn't used to understand what people meant when they're like, oh, just like sell stories. I'm like, what stories are you talking about? Like, what do you even mean? Right? All a story is is something that happened in your personal life that you can relate to and segue into this, you know, educational topic or this selling point. So like I went to the store today and I ran into an old friend and we started talking about something, 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 and somehow you wrap it into, you segue it into, you know, this topic point. That's all it is. It's taking something that happened in your personal life and tying it in. And the reason why that's so powerful is because as human beings, again, we're very curious and we are all about knowing other people's lives, right? Reality TV shows wouldn't be so popular if that wasn't the case. So it's like giving people this like little mini dose of like reality TV. Like think about it that way. You can, you can have like really like what we think is like, we always think we, oh, I don't have this interesting life. Yeah. Actually like going to the grocery store, running out of like toilet paper, like there was no toilet paper at the store, right? Those, those are literally these little tiny things that We have so many things that happen in our daily life that we can use. So that is, that's all it is. It's super simple. And I hope that if like the thought of like selling with stories or leading with stories has been confusing, I hope that like helps make it easier for you to relate about and think about how many little things in your life that you can segue into and use. And then with voracious viewpoints, these are these like beliefs that you have. And the good news is, is they're already literally within you. You don't have to do any work. All you have to do is extract them, but they're already within you. So those are the two buckets to pull from. 
Perfect. And I thought it might be fun if I shared a couple of those stories that you helped me come up with just to really show how it really is about like everyday life. I love I, it. I know I was talking with that too. I was like, Megan, you know, the pandemic is on. I work from home. I don't go anywhere. <laughs> like, what am I going to talk about for stories? So we came up with a couple and I'll share two of them. So one, I, I had told Megan that for the holidays, we had bought our boys. I have two boys, nine and 11. They were getting, you know, they're getting taller and bigger. And I bought them double. We bought them double beds. And so I was looking for organic sheets for them. I was telling Megan how I spent like way too many hours roaming the internet around like organic sheets and I could not make a decision. And I don't know why I was so stuck on this. I really couldn't. But then when we got down to it, it reminded me of how like some of the clients I have really can't decide between, let's say like Kajabi or Thinkific or like ConvertKit or ActiveCampaign. And then they spend so many hours on this decision when it's like, just make one and move on because then you'll have time your, and your energy will go back to like what you really need to focus on. Because really once you know your budget, like that helps to really rein in your decision. So know your budget, go read the the pros and cons and decide. And so we, you know, tied me looking for organic sheets in like this like Google scroll like, massive list. Like my husband was like, can we stop talking about sheets, please? <laughs> he did not want to hear into, you know, reining that back into like an experience I had with my clients. And then the other one Megan and I talked and I talked about was so, you know, I got like like a lot of the world hooked on the whole Bridgerton series on Netflix. And then I took it a step further and went and, you know, read the entire series because I read a lot. So when I read the entire series over a few weeks and I told Megan, I was like, I love because when you read the books, the author has actually done this like second epilogue because like, you know, when you finish a story and you always want to know like about later, you're like, oh, just tell me more about afterwards. Like, how did it work out? And she does that. She has a second epilogue and she talks about how she created a second, a second epilogue because she had so many like readers writing in being like, what happened? Like, I want to know how their life turned out. So she actually created this like additional book with these second epilogues, which she then later on, I guess when they republished, they put them into like each original book. And I loved it so much. It was so satisfying to read like what happened 10 years down the road with these people. But then I was able to tie it back to the whole, you know, viewpoint I have that we need to listen to our audience and like spend the time listening to them because it actually helps us create something that they just like can't get enough of and like draws them in it's irresistible and that is what this like Bridgerton author, author did so I was able to tie in my like binge reading and binge watching into my viewpoints so I thought those are two sort of fun stories that we talked about Yes, I love it. And it's so perfect. It's just everyday life and it has the most perfect tie-in. And like when I, like if I'm reading this on Instagram, I'll be like, oh yeah, I want to know about Sarah's, like what she's watching on Instagram. Oh, she's buying organic wedding. Like what, what, what's going on there? It's interesting. It's perfect. I think, and like, I guess it's also too, like a good reminder, like we're all doing stuff like that too, like too much online shopping or like, I mean, yeah. we're home, especially right now these days. Right. But it was such a great reminder to me to like, even though I might feel like things are really boring or things aren't really going on, there's like little, there are little things happening that I can share and that people like, again, like, I just want, I want to know what you're doing. <laughs> what are you buying? What are you watching? Like, what are you doing in your life? And tying it in. Okay. So a lot of my copy clients and members of the Launch Playbook Club, they want to better use Instagram as part of their pre-launch strategy. So like before they launch, you know, something officially, let's whether it's a course membership or a new, let's say service, how can sharing and knowing their viewpoints help them in that pre-launch period to get people ready to 
purchaser offer? And why is it important to really make sure they're pulling those in ahead of a launch? When you are universally expressing your viewpoints, people, you, you, every time you do this, you're elevating yourself as this thought leader or a leader and people are looking up to you and they're able to latch on to you again. So that's the whole purpose of this. And so when you're launching, you know, you want people to pay attention to you and listen to what you're doing. And so this might be kind of just like a basic answer, but by doing this all the time, it's not like it, your audience, you're con- it's like you're constantly building this audience and you're constantly like priming for this launch, right? There's no like on and off, right? Like we all like see people online where it's like, holy shit, like they're in launch mode. It's like all of a sudden they're just like all over the place, right? When you do this, it's like this gradual, you know, pathway and you're taking people on this journey and it doesn't feel abrupt. And that is so powerful because again, you want people to latch on to you and and build this community of people that are engaged. And I really believe sharing your viewpoints and being unapologetically you is the absolute best way to do that. So it's like, it's it's a basic answer, but it's kind of like always priming for that. There's no abruptness on this on this pathway to launching when you're actually in launch mode. I like that so much. And I feel like that's so much, you know, like so much less stressful launches would be if we were just doing that priming all along, right? That we weren't actually like, not only do we have to come up with the launch content, but you also have to do like all the, like now I have to write, you know, four weeks of Instagram. No, you're already doing that. You've already been talking about this all along. I think that's just like, makes such a good case for why we want to like build in our, our viewpoints and tell our stories all the time. So Megan, thank you so much for joining us today and digging into Instagram stories and viewpoints and why we should share ours. Where can we find out more about you? Share with us all the goodies and the places. Uh, yes. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. This is so much fun. I absolutely love getting to talk about this with you and your audience. And yes, so you can, I absolutely love to hang out on Instagram. My handle is at the Megan Otto. My website is megan-otto.com. And I do have a guide that you can download that just really helps you walk through and gives you prompts for flushing out your viewpoints. It gives you, it helps you get your sexy stories figured out. So please utilize that if you think that would be helpful and you want to start doing more of this. But otherwise, yeah, I would love to connect and hang out on Instagram for sure. Amazing. And all those links will be in the show notes, including Megan's uh, freebie that you can see. And definitely go check out her Instagram because she's got great viewpoints. And she'll show you just by like reading through her captions, you'll be able to see a really great model of how to like break out the headlines and the stories and the viewpoints on Instagram. Well, thank you so much, Megan, for joining us today. And thanks for tuning in to the Launch Playbook Podcast. Thanks for tuning into the Launch Playbook Podcast. If you want to get weekly launch secrets in your ears, I hope you'll hit subscribe on iTunes. You'll never miss an episode because who knows? It could reveal just a thing you've been looking for to make your next launch a success. And be sure to leave a five-star review on iTunes telling me how this episode inspired your launch plans. Until next time, keep putting your big ideas out into the world. I'm rooting for you.